Good morning. I'm James Hellman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, October 27th. In today's news, Donald Trump doesn't go as far on opioids as public health experts wanted. The House barely passes a budget, and two Republican senators refuse to endorse the Republican Senate nominee in Alabama. But first, the big idea. President Trump bowing to the CIA and withholding key JFK files is a reminder of how the presidency changes people. President Trump made a last-minute decision Thursday night to delay the release of thousands of pages of classified documents related to the John F. Kennedy assassination that just hours earlier he planned to put out. He did so at the request of the CIA, FBI, and others in the national security community. The president allowed the National Archives to publish about 2,800 records that the agency didn't object to making public, but the 300 additional records, the ones historians were most interested in seeing, will stay secret for now. Trump is probably the most conspiracy-minded president in U.S. history. He catapulted to stardom on the right by falsely claiming that Barack Obama was born in Kenya. He said there's something, quote, very fishy about Vince Foster's suicide. He's even accused Ted Cruz's dad of having a hand in the Kennedy assassination. But Trump was told in sometimes dire terms that national security could be compromised if he let out some of these files, which he was excited to let out, even though in many cases the files are 50 years old. CIA people told Trump that it could compromise their sources and methods and make it easier to identify some of their case officers. To varying degrees, every president finds himself persuaded by these kinds of arguments, no matter how spurious. It's really, really hard to tell your security officials who are on the front lines of trying to keep the country safe, no, when they're warning you of potential dangers to the country if information gets out. You feel a burden of responsibility when you sit behind the Resolute Desk in the Oval Office, and that's clearly happening to Trump here. But still, his decision to acquiesce to the CIA on the JFK files will only add to a cloud of suspicion that even 54 years later still hangs over the official storyline, which is that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. All of this secrecy corrodes public trust in government. Let's look at what didn't go out last night. Researchers had really hoped that the release of documents would shed new light on Oswald's movements and his contacts in the months before he shot Kennedy. Everyone is particularly eager for new details of Oswald's six-day trip to Mexico City, where he met with Cubans and Soviets just two months before the assassination. But none of those documents appeared to be in the batch released Thursday night. Nor were there revelations on Watergate burglars E. Howard Hunt and James McCord, both of whom were longtime CIA operatives that assassination theorists have been interested in. Now, the White House insists that Trump remains committed to eventually getting all of these remaining files out there, with as few redactions as possible. But many Kennedy scholars are dismayed about what they see as Trump caving. They worry that the final batch will still be heavily redacted, and they think the odds are high that a new six-month deadline that Trump announced last night will slip. And that is the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one. President Trump on Thursday declared that the opioid crisis is a public health emergency. The declaration enables the government to waive some regulations and give states more flexibility in how they use federal funds. It also expands the use of telemedicine treatment. But because Trump didn't declare the epidemic a national state of emergency, which he said he would do in August, states aren't going to get access to funding from the Federal Disaster Relief Fund, and that could make a real difference. The announcement fell far short 
of what many health advocates had hoped for. And it was widely criticized by Democratic lawmakers for what they say is insufficient funding to truly address a crisis. An estimated 100 lives or more are lost every day. Number two, House Republicans narrowly passed a budget on Thursday, setting the stage for an intense sprint toward a landmark tax overhaul. The budget legislation will allow the GOP to pass its tax plan without any Democratic support. But the close vote reflects ongoing tension about the tax push among Republicans over significant changes to the tax code. The big holdup yesterday that caused some people to vote against it was deductions for state and local taxes. Leaders are still aiming to pass tax legislation by the end of the year. Number three, Senator Jeff Flake said he opposes Roy Moore's Senate bid in Alabama. The retiring Arizona senator said that the GOP nominee represents the kind of politics that had ruined the party and drove him to announce this week that he's not running for a second term. Senator Flake told NBC News. The guy who uh, says that uh, a Muslim member of Congress shouldn't be able to serve, uh, that's, uh, that's not right. Now, Flake is a Mormon, and he's frequently criticized religious discrimination. Moore wrote in 2006 that Congress should refuse to seat Keith Ellison, a Democratic congressman from Minnesota who is Muslim. Senator Ben Sass, the Republican from Nebraska, also criticized Moore this week. He said that Moore represents a new kind of identity politics, which Sass described as, quote, a white backlash grievance. Moore, however, is still expected to win in the election. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, October 27th. You can read much more about what is included in the JFK files that were released Thursday night in my newsletter at WashingtonPost.com Daily 202. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Homan, and I'll talk to you on Monday. <laughs>